everybody. This is Darren Starwin. I'm here with my good friend Dano. And we're going to do our next installment of We Straddle, which is this podcast we're doing that has to do with across the great divide in our spiritual communities and within ourselves. And we have a really vital topic today, one that both Dano and I have been very involved with in different ways in our professional careers, within our own inner journey for ourselves, And that's the subject of trauma. And we're going to talk about how this experience of trauma, both individually and collectively, is playing out in this polarization in our society, and what we're seeing as the great divide between, on one hand, in our current society, we're calling it liberals, progressives, and we tend to be more toward the Democratic Party or different variations of that and those agendas. And then people on the other side who have been Trump supporters, who have been involved in what Dan calls conspiritualists, um, and often following some of the teachings of QAnon. So we have these two, this great divide, and we're, we're both people that have quite a few friends on both sides. Like this is not theoretical to us. So we're, we're looking at the, not so much at the phenomenon of this great divide today, but the deeper root causes of it. And we both feel that there's some huge amount of this piece called trauma. And a few years ago, I wrote a book that was called Reclaiming Your Calm Center. And in that book, I proposed this term, the epidemic of low-grade PTSD. And PTSD means post-traumatic stress disorder. Everybody knows what this is, I think, nowadays. And I was saying that even though there's a certain amount of maybe eight or nine million people diagnosed with full-blown PTSD in our society by the medical or psychiatric establishment, that pretty much all the rest of us have this low-grade PTSD, and that this is one of the root causes for a lot of the acting out going on in our society right now. It can be traced back to fear and trauma that makes people act in wild and wacky and often unreasonable ways and more combative ways. Yes, this is quite the subject we've uh, opened up here, Darren. And certainly we're not going to get to the bottom of it today uh, in our in our 20 minute episode here. But I think I'm it's a <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I actually did want to. I don't know, like, I don't know if it's correcting you or just adding a thought that the conspiritualist is a, uh, a subculture, which in a sense, I feel like I've been engaged in for a number of years. Um, and uh, that has to do with looking, you know, behind the scenes and into the shadows. Uh, and that there's a the spirituality in this idea of, you know, awakening and unfolding and, you know, is, is very much a, an interest of both Darren and I. Darren and I met in a, uh, in our in our mutual work with the fifth dimensional sort of spiritual model, so but uh, both Darren and I have you know are very involved in sort of healing practices, and I'm a you know psychotherapist, and Darren works with um, you know energetic healing in a very very powerful way, 
And so we're very familiar with, I think, you know, this idea of trauma and how it affects us. And, um, and I'm thinking of uh, trauma as being a, like something that results in a, a freezing or a kind of a blocked energy in the flow of our psychology and of our uh, thoughts and our emotions and also in our relationships. Um, so with regards to the topic at hand of like the great divide of what's going on in our spiritual community and where trauma plays out in this, uh, basically what, what I'm, I think that came to me was maybe to begin, I think um, uh, just looking at, again, what, what is trauma and trauma is something that happens to us, even low-grade trauma. There can be conditions in our past and in our, you know, in our economics and our, our work environment or, you know, whatever that can cause this low-grade trauma. Um, but trauma is something that isn't necessarily just coming from the past. So Vassar van der Kolk, uh, one of the great trauma theorist says trauma is actually not a story of what has happened in a long time ago. Trauma is residue that's living inside of us now. Yeah. So yes, we want to um, recognize that it's a current way of thinking. And Darren, you mentioned acting out. And I don't know if there's anything more you want to say about that. Um, like what, what does that mean? Yes. Well, acting out is something we're seeing a lot of. It would be like, there's certain things that are considered um, kind, respectful, mature ways of people interacting with each other, even people with different opinions and ideas. And America has been a great place for that. I mean, every town has had their town halls and people get together and they voice different opinions, sometimes maybe raise their voices and argue and, and then somehow work things out. I mean, that's been, this American experiment has been about the melting pot of people from so many different cultures and religions and political viewpoints and, and somehow democracy, this messy, crazy system has sort of worked. It sort of moved along and in, a, in an upward direction with a lot of setbacks. So the, the acting out thing is that so many people that previously were more civil or reasonable with each other have become way more extremely distanced and ready to denounce the others and in many cases take actions that would be um, almost denying the humanness of people that are on another one. So that, that's a form of acting out. There's many forms. A form could be like the so-called proud boys, their kind of acting out would be to bring guns to places and try to intimidate people. And probably there's analogs on the other side that are people acting out in, in various ways. Um, then there's some, you know, there's there's many different aspects with that. And some some parts of acting out, I'd say, like civil disobedience, like that Gandhi did or Martin Luther King was leading, and people like that, is a courageous act where you put yourself on the line for some kind of political statement, some kinds of acting out is just acting ornery and nasty just because you just feel so angry and you don't want to be civil. You don't want to be tapping into humanity. So that's what I was meaning by that. Okay. Well, let's look at maybe within this, the lane of our subculture of the, of the spiritual subcultures that we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about. And I think that it's, 
you know, there's many of us, many, you know, friends that I talk to who have said, I, they can't believe what has happened. You know, oh my gosh, my friend is suddenly talking about this and that and, 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 and then, and, and they've become, you know, distant and, uh, and I can't handle what they're talking about. You know, family members are, are, are not talking to each other because of what's happening here. And, um, and I, so, um, so <clears throat> here's, I think, uh, stepping into this a little deeper. Um, my feeling is, is, is that people within the conspiritual movement um, actually have a positive intention. So, and I would include myself in this, that there's an attempt to try to get to the bottom of what's going on in our world with humanity in terms of what is wrong. And so there has been a really big focus on the so-called cabal or deep state and this idea of sort of a grand um, overarching um, you know, conspiracy of an elite that is controlling humanity and that is playing one side of a world war against the other side of a world war. And it's all benefiting, you know, this very high level elite. And so in terms of, of, of trauma theory, this idea of getting to the bottom of it, as I was sort of mentioning before, is actually, it's a healthy impulse. Um, and, um, and, and, I, and I see people and friends of mine, you know, there's this excitement with the idea that if, you know, this high elite, um, you know, control system was to be overthrown or eliminated, what would that look like? You know, we may, we may be looking at a whole new world. And so this is a, this is a line of thinking. This is a um, sort of a paradigm or, or, you know, a meme, you know, that is very strong in the conspiratorial movement. And, um, and, you know, it's not just, some people would say it's just a bunch of cockamamie, you know, that's crazy. What, you know, th there's actually some truth to it. There's something going on on some levels. And, um, it, you know, it, it's, but the problem is, and I think that um, where maybe Darren and I are wanting to sort of offer a contribution is, is, is there's something that seems to be awry within the conspiratorial movement. And, um, and I, I think this, the sense that I'm getting is, is that um, there tends to be maybe uh, some, some magical thinking going on where there's sort of an inflation and an egotism of <clears throat> thinking that there's a sense of like, I know what's, I got the inside scoop. I know what's going on. I'm looking at the alt media that's telling me, and look at this video. It's telling, look at, you know, wow. Um, it's all, you know, look at Bill Gates and what he's doing. And they're, they're trying to vaccinate everybody to control us. And, you know, there's this, um, just sort of a hyper um, kind of unbalanced um, focus on something that loses, that whitewashes 
the nuance of many, many other things that are happening that are just as important. In fact, it, in a sense, it almost uh, denies other experiences and other subtleties of, of, of trauma that humanity is experiencing. Yeah, very, very good stuff. And so I'd like to try to drill a little deeper into the experience of trauma itself. Good. And I've done a lot of study about how the brain works with trauma mm -hmm. and our endocrine system. And basically trauma is largely focused on this part of the brain called the amygdala, which is a part of the midbrain, our limbic or emotional brain that takes all our experiences and makes split-second interpretations of whether they're safe or unsafe. And it does that by referring to a memory that's in a part called the hippocampus. So, and then based on those split-second decisions, it may activate the endocrine system to dump a lot of adrenaline in the body and go into fight or flight, or to say, no, everything's cool, I can just relax now. That's the healthy way it's supposed to operate, to keep us safe. But what happens with people with PTSD is that they start perceiving things that are actually in real life, not really dangerous, but they starts, the medulla starts perceiving them as dangerous and going into this high alert fight or flight. I mean, a simple example is if you're walking at twilight and you look down on the ground and you see something that looks like a snake, this is out of Vanderkolk's book, and you go into this alert and then you look, put a flashlight on, you see it's just a branch that fell off the tree. Then the amygdala say, okay, you can just relax now. So what I'm feeling is a lot of people that are in this intense polarization have that PTSD response uh, where basically perceiving things that are going on and then interpreting them as being of great danger, whether or not they really are. And some of them actually are of great danger. And, they're, and some of them really are maybe overblown. And you said magical thinking, use that term. And that discrimination often gets gets lost or not being exercised enough. So there's this reptilian lizard brain that has to do with survival. And demagogues, to me, are, are leaders that purposely stoke the power of the lizard brain to get people riled up in a, in a state of fight or flight so that, because when people are afraid, they're more likely to be either, it'll be controlled or to get them to do things that their higher angels of their better conscience wouldn't have them do. So. It, there's a lot of manipulation is going on with people all, on all different levels um, because of this you know, PTSD response. So I was unpacking a little bit, like what's the difference in the PTSD response between say liberal progressive on that more side of the fence or the more let's say right wing you know, conservative people that would tend to support Trump and many of whom you know, espouse the theories of QAnon. And I want to put a few observations out of things that I thought about that it seems like what's more important is not the differences, but what's the same? Because I would say with both groups, they have a fear of being taken over by a totalitarian government that suppresses their freedoms. That, that's true whether you're in the, you know, the, the Trump side of things or the anti-Trump side of things. In other words, I've heard the Trump supporters often say, that they're afraid that the Democrats are going to create this totalitarian system where, um, where basically the inner cities are full of violence and there's no law and order and everything is threatening and wild. And, and then so many people on the other side just say that 
you know, that um, you know, Trump and his people were trying to create like a virtual dictatorship and throw out the rule of law in the United States and, and you know, make him into this permanent, you know, multi-term, you know, fascist leader. So whichever side it is, there's that reptilian brain kicking in and it's perceiving it in different ways. So the, the we straddle, that's maybe seeing that none of us want a totalitarian government that's controlling us. You know, that's either forcing us to have vaccinations or for, you know, re reducing our sense of safety because there's no law and order and we're like disbanding the police or on the other hand that we're getting this. So none of us want that. So that's a form of common ground. And then the whole thing about nobody, I don't think wants, except for a very small handful of, you know, real radical violent people. I don't think anybody wants a violent society. I think there's a sense of wanting safety. So perhaps the straddle here is to see that we're wanting more of the same thing, but because of this polarization, we're perceiving that the enemy of what we want is on the other side rather than a common shared goal. That's something I, I've been thinking about a lot. Very nice. My whole body seemed to settle a little bit as you were talking, Darren. Oh, good. There was, uh, there was a, some sort of a, a calm uh, that I experienced. So I really appreciated what you were saying. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, in terms of the we straddle, um, we're, we're really looking at how do we come more into relationship? And with trauma, that will interfere with our ability to be in relationship. We'll, we'll have more fear reaction, we'll have there's more projection, and there's more isolation, you know, in, you know, with people who have experienced trauma. And in this whole breakdown and this whole divide, you know, there's, where is the opportunity for us to be in dialogue? Where, yeah, exactly, Darren, this, this idea we both, we, we all have similar visions, you know, violence free, my gosh, you know, uh, to not be controlled. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, and <clears throat> but it feels like there's been um, something that's been happening with regards to the, to the sort of this split, maybe. I don't know if we want to focus so much on the split, but it's there. It's really very real. But that the split has happened for a reason. There's something going on that something else is, that, that, that something is wanting to emerge that wouldn't be able to emerge unless the split was there. There's something about <clears throat> the conspiratorial movement that is, has been required to sort of break something open out of which something new can emerge, I think. And so I think that's this idea of the transcendent function that I mentioned before is it's the, it's, the, it's the being able to hold the tension of the opposites and not only hold the tension of the opposites, it's, being, it's allowing communication between the two. Mm. And through that process, a third, something, some resolution, um, some new way of seeing outside of a trauma complex or vortex. That's, that's great, yeah. I, I really feel what you're saying. And that's where I feel we have a solution here is that what is the act? I mean, I've been working and both Dan and I work in our private practice with clients, helping people with trauma. We have different methods that we do it. 
And we both have had a lot of people become much more free of it by through the methods. And what to me actually works is when people touch that more transcendent part, when they touch their true mm -hmm. self, they touch the part of themselves, mm -hmm. which is already whole, that doesn't need to be fixed. Because I, I believe as long as we're trying to fix the traumatized self, it almost like digs us in deeper. It reminds us of you know, the story of the tar baby, you know, mm -hmm. you know the tar baby where he punches the tar baby and, you know, and then his hand gets stuck and he punches the other hand and that gets stuck until he's completely caught up in the tar baby. And, or the old um, Hercules um, story where he cut one head off the Hydra and two heads grew back in his place and he never could kill the Hydra that way. So those stories show us that directly trying to fix or, or heal trauma is often a losing battle. But when we connect with the, the part of ourselves that's already unbroken and is universal to all life, that really does heal. I mean, and but it's often not the place we look. So this, so you know, you talked earlier about the magical thinking, and I feel that a big step of healing is for us to say that there's a great contribution on both sides of this divide. Like we've said this in each one of our podcasts, I think. Let's say the people, the conspiratorial people are saying, hey, the mainstream media is sweeping under the rug a lot of rot in our society, mm -hmm. a lot of yep. real issues that aren't being dealt with. And that they're right. I, mm -hmm. We both agree that that's true. Yeah. But then people on, let's say, the other side will just say, um, you know, may, may tend to you know, not want to look at that kind of rot there. But then they have other things which are very valid, like, hey, you're ignoring the fact that we have to live on this planet. We can't just keep on, you know, abusing the planet and have that just be a part of, like, anyone who supports President Trump and QAnon has to automatically want to roll back every environmental protection. Is that... Now there's, there's, you know, we, we have to deal with racism is real. You can't sweep that under the rug either. So mm -hmm. there's a real vital truth that both sides are holding. And I'm not here to adjudicate, you know, I'm much more biased toward one of the sides. I'll admit that, but that's, we're not here to talk about our biases, but that somehow we become big enough people to put our own self-righteousness and ego, like you're saying, aside enough to say, I want to to be healed and I want to be part of this healing, then perhaps the, the contributions, like I'm a, I mean, as somebody who, who totally has not been happy about President Trump, I actually had a hike yesterday and I talked to my hiking mate about eight things he's done that I appreciate. It was just like, I want to be able to be in that position of seeing the nuances because I feel like healing and maturity and growth happen when we're willing to see the shades of gray, the nuances, and not to take magical or black and white thinking, because I don't think healing can happen in that place. Like that, that's more the PTSD response. And when we get tired of it enough, then we'll say, okay, let me just like settle down in my body and see what's really going on. And then, so it's, it's complex. There's a lot of sides to this discussion, but, mm -hmm. but I, I, there really is common ground here. And I think that's the hopeful thing. Common ground, baby. That's what we're after. Yeah. Or at least, whew, some ground to stand on that can help us to move forward. And uh, so I think uh, our time is, uh, is, is coming down. And we really want to uh, urge our listeners to keep tuning in because we want to continue the conversation and also include others in this conversation. So uh, we look forward to more. And, uh, and also Dano and I uh, agreed that we're gonna start bringing in um, guests into these podcasts very soon. 
who have some good pieces to contribute to and that that's going to enrich um, you know, some of these discussions because we really do want to you know, broaden it out. That's one way to broaden it out. Also, we'd love to hear from you as well, directly from you about your thoughts and feelings about this. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. We straddle. See you next time. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody.